0: Hello, my friends, Katie Day with the Move Me to Texas team here with another episode of The Real Advice Podcast. Really excited for this week's guest. I first met them in Austin, Texas at a real estate mastermind. Um, He moved to Austin in 2013 and quickly got into real estate. Uh, His commitment to his clients and love for his profession and personal approach to real estate transactions have given him an edge in a highly competitive industry and specifically market. Uh, He's within the top 1% of Austin Realtors and prides himself on his team's top-notch marketing and branding, which we will dig into today, Um, their team's commitment to serve their clients at the highest level, and his philanthropic efforts not only in Austin but beyond in the world. Uh, excited to dig in with this week's guest. So please join me in welcoming my good friend, Wade. What's going on, man?
1: How are you? Hey, wow. That was such a nice introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Made my morning. Um, well, just, you know, market's still crazy, crazy busy. Uh, interest rates haven't seemed to uh, have been have caught up with us here in Austin yet. Um, yeah. And so it's still a tremendous amount of demand and we're just incredibly busy but very fortunate for that business and excited to keep things rolling
0: yeah for sure so um, for those that may not know you tell me a little bit about yourself
1: yeah so my name is Wade Giles um, I moved to Austin like you said in 2013 um, I was working in another industry and uh, real estate was something that it was always uh, interesting to me and I was I've always been passionate about uh, I love I love architecture I love design. Um, but more importantly, I love people and, uh, I love being of service and helping people make their dreams come true with finding them the perfect home or, or selling their home for an amount of of money that they never thought possible. Um, it's just a, it's just a fun and very rewarding career. And so that's what's, that's what drew me to real estate. I got my license, um, at the end of 2013 and started, um, with my brokerage, Moreland Properties, uh. Uh, January first, uh, fourteen. I showed Easy my to remember. Easier
0: to remember. Yeah,
1: because I had to show property on New Year's Day, and I had never done it before, and I was so terrified. Um, thankfully, uh, we only looked at two properties, and both listing agents met us there and showed us around because I didn't know what I was doing. So
0: you're just saying, like, <laughs> smiling with a folder. You're like, "There's nothing yeah. in this folder. I'm just here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm
1: doing." Um, that's exactly right.
0: That's hilarious. I. I I one of my first clients when I first got into real estate, like I always had issue with the super boxes and it was like never my fault. It would be like the Bluetooth connection wouldn't work or like it would be a combo lockbox and like one of the keys would be stuck. Um, And I think they just thought that I was not very bright. And I wish I could go back now and like, you know, help them out now because it was it was
1: bad. It was really bad. Well, you know, it's bad when you're taking clients around and you've just moved to town six months prior. Meanwhile, they went to college here and have lived here for the past decade. And they're like, oh, you should have turned the other way. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Of course I should have. Schenicrow. Schenicrow. <laughs> and I remember when those Bluetooth lockboxes came out, they had just come out and I didn't realize you had to push the bottom to activate it. And I was sitting there for like 30 minutes trying to open this lockbox, finally got on the phone with support. And they're like, did you press the bottom? I'm like, oh, shoot, no.
0: (laughs) like, oh yeah, let me reset it. Yep, yep. Okay, no, I I get that that's a total problem. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, All right, so kind of on that note, uh, what advice would you give to a brand new agent just got their license and they're starting today? What would be your advice to them?
1: My advice to them would be envision what, type of client you want to be working with and where you feel comfortable. Not everyone is meant to sell farm and ranch. Not everyone is meant to sell downtown condos and not everyone's meant to sell luxury real estate. And if you are intimidated or feel um, like this isn't the path where you want to go or feel most comfortable and confident in, don't start there. Real estate's hard to break, to get your foot in the door. And so, you know, try to, don't try to bite off more than you can chew right away and understand that it takes time and that your efforts, um, today you will not see matriculate for at least 90 days from now. So you've got to be patient. And, um, and the other thing I would recommend because I did not do this was setting up systems and processes and procedures. My CRM was in my head and kind of in an Excel spreadsheet for at least five years. And because things were so busy and yeah. the last thing I could think about was adding a new system because when am I going to have the time to learn it? And um I could have saved myself a lot of trouble had I just implemented those things in the beginning.
0: Well, and really like how many deals did you, did it fell through the cracks because you're like, oh, I'm going to remember to send them those properties or I'm going to remember to call yeah. them later. And you didn't, Um, you know, I, I feel as if I have uh, a good memory and I know there's stuff that fell through the cracks because i wasn't using my crm um so i know now in your career you know in 2022 you know you and your team do a lot of luxury listings but i mean you sell in all price points at this point really everything in austin seems to be a luxury price point because of the you know appreciation we've seen over the past few years but um you know is that kind of where you started you know just through your brokerage or did you did you work your way up to that What, what did that look like
1: Uh, you know, I, we lived in a, uh, when we first moved to Austin, we rented for the first year while we were kind of trying to figure out what part of town we wanted to live in. I was very hesitant to just pull the trigger on a property and then realize that I didn't want to live in that area of town and we're stuck with this property. So, so we rented for a year and right when we moved to Austin, we rescued, um, our dog sport who just turned nine, which is crazy, but we rescued him. And so everyone in the building knew Sport because he was the cutest puppy in the entire world. And so I did a direct mail piece to my building talking about that I was in real estate and could help them find a property. And I put a photo of Sport and I, because no one knew who I was, but everyone yeah. knew Sport was. And I um, started getting phone calls from that, from people within my building. So I was able to help them. Fortunately for me, my first couple of clients were, were looking in a, a higher price point. I mean, I think at the time it was like $800,000, which, you know, that same house today is 2 million. (laughs) But, um, so, you know, and, and basically my first couple of clients, the second client, uh, that I met was actually at a bar at a, I knew like three people in Austin when I moved here and one of them was moving away. So I went to their going away party and met some people. And actually they're, clients a day yeah. to this day, more than clients, friends, we travel with one another. I'm actually selling their parents' uh, property right now. So, um, but met them there randomly, gave them my card three weeks later. They called me, said they wanted to start looking at houses. And it just was that simple. Um, so after I had a few clients under my belt, um, I asked them if they would be willing to do a testimonial video for me and hired a production company and invested a decent chunk of money into that video, um, which is still randomly sometimes on the internet today, but I promoted it like crazy through social media channels. Now that was back in a day when Facebook and Instagram algorithm, I don't even think I was on Instagram, but Facebook algorithms weren't uh, as complex as they are today. Um, And so it was a lot easier to promote video. And I started gaining some legitimacy and credibility, even though I really didn't have any, uh, based off of my social media presence and, yeah. and things kind of went from there. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, when I got into this business, I had no intention of selling luxury real estate. I just wanted to help people find homes. And, um, and then it kind of somewhat naturally, maybe a little bit of luck, maybe it was just the area of town that I was living in. Um, and I started to meet some other people that, uh, would started to invite us to charity events and things like that. So it was very easy for me to kind of meet some of these people. And, and then I had an agent say, well, it's the same paperwork on, you know, one price house versus another it's the same thing. Essentially. Sure. I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. But I've always been very sensitive to just the getting pigeonholed just into the luxury space. Because look, at the end of the day, if you're only selling multi multi-million dollar houses, when there's a downturn in the market, you, you need to diversify your portfolio in my opinion, to keep, deals going in the, in the hard times. And also I just want to help people. Yeah. So uh, it's twofold. So yeah. we do, we do work with a little bit of both.
0: Um, I feel like a couple, a couple things here. My takeaway is you need to, to go to every party you're invited to because clearly, you know, you, Wade's over here just picking up clients. Um, That's right. And then obviously using your, your pets in your marketing, always a winner. Um, but yeah, I think those are, those are my two main takeaways that I wrote down over here. So hopefully people are are taking, taking notes. (laughs) Um, it is crazy when you, you know, kind of were talking your timeline of like moving in 2013, getting into real estate, you know, January one, 2014, I'm like, okay, he closes the deal and he puts out a video like 2014, 2015, like that must've gone crazy today. You would have to put like thousands of dollars behind advertising to get, views on it. So, that's right. um, that was probably such a great marketing piece. Uh, cause I mean, I feel like now the video testimonial is something that's, that's a pretty common, it's still not, right. not like commonplace, but it's, it's a lot more common today than it was, you know, back in 2014, 2015. So, um, oh, awesome sure. job there for sure. For sure. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I think I was the first agent in Austin to to do like a well produced video testimonial video, testimonial video that wasn't just a virtual walkthrough of a of a property. Yeah, you know, and we, and as you know the the digital marketing game continues to change and the bar continues to be you know set higher and higher and higher. Um, we dedicate a day a month at least to film with a production company uh, that comes in and we will film. Depending on every month is a little bit different. Um, sometimes if we film two, maybe even three listings uh, in one day, uh, other times we do collateral on the team and who we are as individuals and our favorite neighborhoods. Another yeah. time we might rent out a studio and have clients do client testimonials. I mean, all those different things. So it's all a little bit different. And then we have some hi- well, highly produced, content to deliver and trickle out through our social media channels throughout the month. And then also on YouTube and, um, and our website and so on and so forth. So.
0: Yeah. Um, and I know just by following you on Instagram and seeing you online and just being involved in some of the same, you know, communities and stuff like that, like, I I think social media has played a huge part in your brand. Um, so I guess what advice would you give to an agent? Like most agents, if they're just starting out, probably don't have a production company budget. Right. So um, what would be kind of like your things of like, Hey, just starting out, these are the things you should do. And like, how is kind of your brand and social media played into your brand?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Not everyone. I mean, I'm I'm fortunate to be able to get to that point, but to be honest with you, I didn't hire a production company until this past year, you know, or about less than a year ago. So it is something that you have to graduate up to because it is expensive, but um, going, if you've, if you live near a local university, Talking to some of the, the, the like the Department of uh, of Film um, or social media or broadcast journalism. I mean, digital content doesn't have to be an overly produced thing every single time. In fact, you need to have some diversity in your content. Another recommendation is that you can reach out to different studios that already have cameras. They already have you know a, a back a beautiful you know backdrop with different sets, and go over there and you can pay them hourly to film and edit, uh, content for, for, you know, reels and so on and so forth. And maybe it's just talking about the market or different advice to buyers and sellers that can all be done for much less expensive than going out on location with a crew. So, um, but even if, if that's too much to ask, you know, you still have your iPhone and you can buy a, a ring light for yeah. not that much money. It's just being creative and also be authentic to who you are. I know everyone says it's like so rhetorical. Be authentic and be yourself. But like, you're probably not going to see me um, doing a TikTok dance. Like, that's probably not something that I'm going to do. Maybe, I don't know if it's a really cool dance. Never say never. I'm a terrible dancer and I just, it's just not, but you might see me do other like funny, hilarious things uh, um, or serious content, you know, as well. So just, you know, I'm not, while I do sell luxury, I think sometimes people think that that's like a totally closed off serious, like, you know, uh, agent. And that's just not who I am. And my clients seem to be totally okay with that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that like getting comfortable, like just using your phone and getting comfortable talking direct to camera and, you know, recording and things like that is really good to do before you go hire the videographer. Um, because yes. you know, they do, as you increase the quality, you know, they do tend to get expensive. And if you're not comfortable in front of the camera, it's really difficult to, uh, for you and the videographer to pay that, that much money, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to try to shoot content. Yeah. Um, so I know that you have a team now. When did you decide yeah. to start your team?
1: Really, the team started... Um, so when I when I started in real estate, I was obviously by myself for the longest time. It took me a couple of years before I hired a part-time assistant and then eventually hired a full-time assistant. Um, but it wasn't until about two years ago when, year and a half, two years ago, when I was like, man, I am drowning. It was me... Uh, an assistant. And then I had Matt, who was like a buyer's agent helping me, but it was still very much about, you know, me and my brand. And it just got to a point where I wasn't able to meet the demands that we had coming in and we needed more capacity. And quite frankly, I didn't want it to always be coming back to me. You know, I get I get flooded with calls and text messages and emails that Matt or anyone else on the team are perfectly capable of answering. So how do we do that? We changed our brand from Wade Giles to the Giles group. And I have taken the approach of celebrating those agents and I want them to be on video and I want them to have their own content out there underneath the Giles group so that they, so that people feel like they get to know them as well and feel comfortable calling them because we're all different personalities and not everyone is the right fit for one another, but we probably have someone on the team that'd be a perfect fit for you. Yeah. So to work with. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, and so we brought on um, since then there's uh, myself and currently two other uh, buyers agents an operations manager, um, I have an executive assistant um, and then uh, we have a COO who does all of our financials and works on our digital, like does all of our operations as well with the operations manager and, um, and works with our digital advertising and marketing campaigns as well. Um, so yeah. awesome. Sounds
0: like, Yeah. Sounds like you've got a great group.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I know that it's been a super complicated market really for, agents across the country over the past year, year and a half, but I feel like Austin has its own challenges um, between, you know, rising prices, uh, extremely low inventory, and then just like tons of people moving to Austin, right? Yeah. So what, you know, I know we talked about this some when I was in Austin, we've talked about it uh, recently in Dallas, you know, obviously spending some time together there as well, Mm -hmm. and just different masterminds and stuff like that. Um, What do you feel like are some things that you know, have brought your team success or creative things that you, y'all do in order to get people in homes uh, over the past, you know, year and and, and even before that?
1: Yeah. So um, when I first got into real estate, I thought that the best way for me to represent my clients was to be combative and uh, a little bit aggressive. And, um, and I quickly realized, like, probably my third transaction. So thankfully it was pretty quick for me that being an asshole is not going to help me get anything done. You catch more, you know, bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Um, And that, that like kind of aggressive combative um, behavior was really just due to my own insecurity of not knowing what the heck I was doing. And so I, I, I made a conscious decision and that also is just not me as a person. Like yeah. to be combative and aggressive. That's just not the way I like to, to operate. So I felt like I was being disingenuous to myself as well. So I changed my tune and um, I, you know, have just been uh, trying to be a super nice guy and be super organized with my transactions and people in the, you know, other agents in the community uh, know that I've got well-qualified clients. I know how to uh, do a transaction quickly and, and as painlessly as possible and I'm also a resource for other agents in our community. I mean, it's not a common for someone to need some off market data or to uh, it for like an appraisal or um, you know, want to know if there's something new that's coming up on the market. Sometimes it's not my listing. You know, someone will say like, look, I know you work in this area a lot. Do you know of anything? Yeah. That's this, this, this. I'm like, Oh, call. So-and-so. They just called me the other day to tell me that this was coming on. Yeah. So I don't have a buyer for it. You go for it. And so just Being willing to help um, in viewing this market as, um, you know, I think you can look at the world with a lens of abundance and the lens of scarcity. I choose to look through abundance and that there's plenty for all of us to go around. Um, And so that comes back to me in tenfold because I cannot tell you how many times or I'm writing an offer uh, for a buyer on a listing. And sometimes I don't even know the agent, but they have, um, you know, my reputation has, has preceded itself. I think that's the way you say that. And, and they'll, they want to work with, with us. And so they'll call me and say, wait, listen, I need you to, you know, tighten your option period or come up another X amount of dollars. And I think we can make this work. I mean, it happens very often. So it's paid, you know, it's paid for itself tenfold just by not being a jerk.
0: (laughs) Moral of the story. Don't be Mm -hmm. an asshole.
1: Yeah. And, the, and then also, like agents are also more willing to send people to our listings yeah. because th- they know that we're going to be good to work with. And when we hold broker opens, we get a bunch of agents that want to come in and just even just to come say hello. Yeah. So it's been super beneficial.
0: And you know, you have those listings that you see the listing agent and your buyer's like, this is the one, we have to see yeah. it. And you pull it up and you're like, all right, sounds no. good. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I tell them, I'm like, look, Let's go see it. I just want to let you know if this is the one. We're in for a bumpy ride. I'll take care of it, but I just want you to know it's not going to be a most likely not going to be a smooth transaction. <laughs> so, hey, hey, AKA, yeah. please find something else. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I know that feeling. Um, the the same The same things happen here for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know um, over the past, I guess, year or so in getting to know you, um, that you enjoy giving back and tie a lot of your uh, philanthropy, you know, to your home sales and production and stuff like that. And I think that's really cool. Because um, everyone says that they like to give back and they like to, you know, focus in on their community and do things. But like a lot of people don't actually put that into practice. So um, tell me about some of the initiatives that you guys are, are currently spearheading on the uh,
1: charitable side. Yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm very, very excited about this. So, um, so for fun, um, my it's almost like a part-time job. I ride horses competitively, um, and that's been something. It's been a passion of mine since I was a little kid, and it's really cool. Like my parents could never afford for me to own a horse or anything like that, but you know, this career has allowed me to kind of be able to afford to live out my childhood dreams. So I know a lot of people in the, in the horse industry and one of my friends has uh, started a a charity called the heart that gives foundation and they build homes. Well, they build schools and orphanages in South Africa. Um, And so I was talking with her back in November and she said that, uh, They were raising money for a little boy who was aging out of the orphanage system and didn't have any place to go, but he had been in the orphanage since he was five years of age. He was like 16 years old and it was time for him to transition out of the orphanage, but he saw no family, but he knows that village. So the village, um, they raised some money and, and we're we're building him a home. So we were able to complete the end of his, of his funding, um, for him. Uh, and then I said, you know, What if we, what if we were to, to do this every, you know, every 10 transactions for every 10 homes that we sell here in Austin, we build a home in South Africa. We just started that this year. Um, We have uh, four homes under construction right now. We're very, very excited. Um, I've been getting updates uh, from, from South Africa and it's amazing. I mean, they build, they dig these trenches by hand. There's no, there's no machinery and, and, I asked my friend, the director, if we could, you know, help assist with that, so they weren't having to be so labor intensive, and the people feel as though by using machines they're not they're not working hard enough, and they want to put like you know it's like a it's like a labor of love. So yeah, um, really really excited. Um, these people just the just the idea of flipping on a light switch is unbelievable to them, and um, so we're we're super excited. I plan to go there in the fall. And, and to go see it for the first time in person—that's
0: really cool. I'm excited to to see, uh, you know, obviously the updates and things like that as you as you go out there. So um, yeah. that's really exciting, and that's yeah. such a cool, um, such a cool, such a cool thing.
1: Yeah, thanks. And, and then we're gonna have plaques. We have plaques that are being made right now that will have every transaction, the first names of those people on uh, on the the front of the house. Uh, that that supported that that yeah. individual so it's kind of cool um and you know we also i was intentional about not making it like for every million dollars that we you know like for every million we're gonna do a ten, whatever i didn't want to do it like that so it's uh every 10 homes so no matter the price point you are still contributing to uh, a home for someone who needs it the most
0: yeah that's really cool Um, all right. On a different note, let's switch gears a little bit. Um, if, if you weren't selling real estate, what would you be doing?
1: Mm. Gosh, I don't know. (laughs) I haven't had to think about that for a while. Um, you know, I, I think it'd be fun to be like a, um, event planner or an interior designer. You know, I, I like curating. I like bringing people together um, I think that would be kind of fun. I would also love to have been a horse trainer, but I'm not talented enough to do that. So <laughs> I'll just, I'll just ride, uh, horses that someone else trains for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, that's how I kind of feel about, um uh, we're retraining our dog right now on walking uh-huh. on a leash because she's been like pulling a lot, you know, and, uh, my husband's been doing a really great job of training her, but that's- I've been walking her according to the the plan of the, you know. Training and taking your yeah. figure eights and all the things. So, oh know.
1: yeah, yep. Yeah. I've got one that that pulls a little bit, but we got that gentle leader, and he he responds well to that one. So, what's the that? Little one, the little it goes over the it it it's like a little loop that goes over their nose. Okay. Um, anyway, it's called a gentle leader. Gotcha. This works really really well for him. We just
0: did the harness and the um the connector to the leash is on the front. Mm. so like she can't really pull because it like kind of pulls her so she has to walk normal Um, Uh so we went on so normally when we take like a 45 minute walk it's like almost two miles Um, but of course most of that's like me being pulled Um, Uh and mind you she's 20 pounds it's not like I'm really being pulled that hard but um, today we went on a 45 minute walk and we went like 1.1 miles because like she stops so frequently and like I make her sit all the things but yeah yeah, I digress
1: digress. that's awesome
0: (laughs) um What do you feel like are some like key components in like either your daily schedule or weekly schedule that, you know, now are kind of non-negotiables for you? Um,
1: I am really working on setting boundaries, um, uh, with this market and, you know, it's been two and a half years of going at, you know, 1500 miles a minute and, um, and it's, it's in order for me to continue to stay in this business that I absolutely love, I need to create stronger boundaries around um, my my availability. And so one of the things that I'm going to be doing that I, I just decided yesterday, I'm going to get a private number, a number that is not um, that does not have a new phone with a private number that won't have my work email on it. It's only for friends, family, a few clients, and some agents that I work with on a consistent basis. And of course my team. And if you want to talk to me outside of hours that I don't have my work phone, it'll, you know, I'm going to have an automated, you can call my assistant at this number or the team line at this number, and they can assist you because it's, uh, this business will take over your life if you let it. Yeah. And I'm trying to regain control over that. I like so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to be able to go to dinner with a different phone where I'm not constantly checking it to see like the endless text messages and emails coming in. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, sure. I talked, I talked to someone the other day that has three phone numbers. I'm like one wow. is like, just family. One is like, you know, friends and whatever. And then one is like the work number. I was like, I wonder which one I have. I don't want to ask. Cause like, what if, I just have the work number, so I didn't. I didn't dive deeper into that one.
1: <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you my personal number.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, it's not like I'm hitting you up. You know, yeah, me, no, like no, no. just joke around and stuff. So yeah, for uh, sure. but yeah, no, it was like they were telling me this, and I was like the breakdown of numbers. I was like, I'm just not going to ask. I don't know if <laughs> the number I have is Googleable or not, but I'm not going to ask. Right, um,
1: right.
0: All right, I'm going to hit you with one final question. It stumps people a lot, so we'll see what you think. All I'm right. Wondering. If it was your last meal on earth, what would you be eating?
1: Oh my God. Easy, 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 easy. At uh, Nobu, they have this uh, hamachi crudo that is unbelievable. It's got like uh, ponzu sauce and like some jalapeno and a little cilantro. It is the best. I would get like 10 orders because of course it's like little teeny tiny. Yeah. It's like one by uh, <laughs> Yeah. I'd do like 10 of those. I'd be set.
0: I love it. Have you had the hamachi at Uchi? Oh yeah. Okay. It's also right. very good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uchi is like dangerously close to my house. Like I can walk there in like four minutes. It's dangerous.
0: That's that's like <laughs> so good and so bad. Um, yeah. well, you know, obviously we have one here in Houston as well. It's one of my favorite yeah, yeah. restaurants. Um, but at least Nobu, there's there isn't one in Austin, right?
1: No, no, there's not. But um, they're uh, kind of around the country. They also have yeah. like matsuhisa, which is the same. Yeah. same one but so, even yeah. when i go to a regular sushi place i'm like can you do like a crudo with some, pl-? i mean i like basically give them the, yeah. the instructions so that's so, funny i
0: like it yeah. um but yeah i mean i guess if you have to travel to dallas would probably be the closest you know nobu like you're not getting mm-hmm. it every week so no. you know no, no, that's no, no. good yeah. um, well wait i appreciate you thank you so much for hopping on today if someone wanted to get in touch with you uh where's the best place for them to find you on social
1: social my instagram is at wade atx and um, we also have um, our team instagram or social media at the underscore giles underscore group so those are the easiest ways uh to follow us and we've got tons of fun new content coming out all the time so awesome well,
0: i am excited to see it um if you ever need anything in austin texas the giles group and wade are the people to go to Um, Again, Wade, thank you so much for your time today. And I'll talk to you soon.
1: Thanks, Katie. It's a pleasure seeing you. Take care.